welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree, and we will tell you all about them later. Uh, for now, I am joined by Games Boss at Giant Space Cat and uh, Dunkin' Donuts detractor Brianna Wu. How you doing, <laughs> Bri? I don't know, Steve. It's uh, you know, we uh, we missed last week's show, and you know, it's been it's been a while since I podcasted. I've, I've, I'm I'm feeling some anxiety before today's show. Um, <laughs> Hold on. Let's see if there's maybe some videos that can help me. But um, it's really important to oh, have okay. a groundhog effect. So yeah. if someone else that you're hanging around with is angry or right. anxious, it can yeah. actually angry increase anxious. your level of anxiety because we are group. Oh, okay, great. I feel good. I have Georgia Dow's anxiety videos. I'm ready to go. I'm going to trash this bookcase. Ah! All right, there we go. Let's do the show. Uh, <laughs> you're sure you're feeling better you're okay I'm feeling great okay. i have no anxiety whatsoever uh, we also have psychotherapist <laughs> and a senior editor from imore.com and one week late hand turkey drawer georgia dow how you doing georgia <laughs> i haven't done a hand turkey in a really long time i'm i'm hand turkeyless you realize you just moved up the list georgia like you're catching up to me right this is where I need a, a red shell to shoot behind me to, to knock Georgia back down to third place again. As long as it's a red shell, not the blue shell, because I'm the one who would get hit by the blue shell. That's right, Steve. I need to be aiming for you. I don't. I need to forget <laughs> about Georgia. That's right. But then you have to read the ads, and you know that's that's beneath you. So I know I'll, I'll read those ads. I'll <laughs> she'll she'll read the poop out of those ads. I will. I will. <laughs> Ever read ads or comments? Uh, so we're also joined by a very special guest who, for some reason, has decided to to join in with this nonsense. So we're very happy to welcome to the show Jessica Price, uh, project manager at Paizo, who are the makers of the Pathfinder RPG. Uh, thank you for coming on and and uh, suffering our nonsense. <laughs> My pleasure. So I want to tell listeners a little bit about how we met. Like we had we had chatted a little bit on uh, you know on Facebook and stuff, but uh, I ran into Jessica this year at uh, you know Packstab, and instantly. I was like, oh, we just need to be best friends. Like, that's that's how awesome you are in person. Like, it's like, do you know when you meet somebody and you're like, oh, yeah, like, they don't suck. This is great. Like, like. I mean, so like we were, we were, uh, yeah, now we're in the post Maddie Myers era. Um, I don't know. Like I was definitely, you were on the top of my list of people I wanted to invite on the show. So thank you for coming. Of course. Yeah. I, when we, we did coffee together and I yeah. was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. Um, like, you know, you hear about other people in the game industry and you interact on social media and I feel like in the, in most cases, everybody's got their good face on, on social media. And so when you meet him in person, it's always like, oh, she actually is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, can you tell people about your, your history and things that you've worked on? Because you have a, a badass resume. Like, it's much better than mine. I, mean. oh, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, so I got into games because I answered a ringing payphone. Um, and then I was talking to a robot from the future uh, who recruited me into her army. Um, if you would like me to translate that, um, I played the I Love Bees uh, alternate reality game that was a promotion for Halo 2. Uh, so yeah, so I wasn't really allowed to play video games when I was growing up. My roommate in college got me into Halo as a form of stress relief, which was 
actually really great for me, really cathartic. Um, and so after college, we were both planning to go to law school. We both were working for law firms, trying to put some money away before going back to school. And we would carpool to work because we lived near each other. And so one day she pings me and is like, hey, we got to leave work early. And I'm like, why? And she's like, because at 535, a payphone a half a block from your house is going to ring and we have to answer it and give a password. And I'm like, um, why? Like, this isn't some sort <laughs> of corporate drug ring. Is yes, it? Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, it's, um, it's a game. It has to do with Halo. And so it turned out to be the Isle of Bees alternate reality game. If you don't know what an alternate reality game is, it is like running a role-playing game campaign for a million of your closest friends on the internet. Um, except instead of taking place in a fictional world, it takes place in the real world, and everybody who's participating is a character in there. And yeah, and it uses all the means that we use to communicate and tell stories in real life. Um, well, and like which payphone was going to ring when was identified by GPS coordinates on the Isle of Bees site. Get, we find the payphone, um, we get there, and it is in the front entryway of the seedy little Chinese restaurant. Um, and there's about 30 guys standing in the parking lot and the payphone is ringing and they're all like afraid to go in and answer it. Um, so I just walked in. My friend had told me what they thought the password was. Um, I just walk in, I pick up the phone, um, this sort of cold female voice, um, asks me to identify myself. And so I do, and I give the password and all of a sudden I'm listening to, um, this transmission of this War of the World style radio drama that's being broadcast in 30 second intervals to payphones all over the world. And so different people needed to answer different payphones in different locations to unlock it online so that everybody could hear it. And apparently this payphone in Milwaukee, Wisconsin had been going unanswered for um, weeks and the community online that was organizing to play this game was really frustrated by it. So when I finally answered it um, and then kind of went on this forum and was like, yeah, I answered it, um, I was sort of greeted like some sort of heroine just for picking up the phone. Um, and so I got super involved, ended up writing a bunch of stuff, ended up being a moderator on that forum and hosting a podcast and all sorts of stuff. And um, long story short, I wrote a bunch about it. The people who'd made the game contacted me and were like you know, hey, you're super cool, like, want a job? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's and, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and so it was, uh, yeah, I started out doing freelance work for um, a company called 42 Entertainment um, that was started by a guy named Jordan Weissman, and then when he started a new company to do transmedia-influenced MMO, um, he hired me to come out here and work on his game, and... Um, that particular game didn't end up working out and the company went under. So then I ended up at Microsoft where I was on the uh, launch team for Connect. Um, and then, awesome. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you worked on, you worked on Connect. Awesome. Yeah. I wrote, I was an editor and I wrote cinematics for some of the launch portfolio games. That's cool. That's oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, you know, was... we have a, we have a bunch of uh, connect dev kits in uh, our office. It's a shame that Microsoft has functionally killed connect on the Xbox. One. Yeah, it's, <laughs> oh. It was really frustrating to me because like 
while I was there and we were working on it, it was like, okay, I get why for like funding reasons and everything, like, I get, and just publicity, I get why we're trying to launch this as a gaming technology. But like, honestly, what's interesting about it is that this is the first step toward a smart home. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, I want to tell our listeners a little bit about uh, where Isometrics is going, because this is the first post Maddie Myers episode. Um, so what we're going to be doing on the show is bringing in uh, kind of a series of hosts um, and kind of seeing who's a good fit uh and ultimately like your feedback everyone out there is listening to us like that's kind of a really big uh you know part in this so you know jessica part of why i wanted to bring you on the show uh is you know uh maddie had kind of a a game developer background uh for you you know, you're a product manager like you kind of have my job except uh, a little less engineering right like you, yeah. you manage teams so yeah yeah I, you, I am the one who makes the trains run on time. <laughs> so, that's probably um, not the best phrase. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I was actually at Microsoft in a creative role, um, and I started out in a game design role. But the weird thing about um, the game industry, especially at big companies, is that when you're an entry-level person, kind of being a Swiss Army knife, being able to do a lot of stuff, um, is a super positive, right? Like, sure, it makes sure. you the right-hand person of powerful people. Yeah. Um, and, like, if you get to the top, if you are a studio head or an executive producer or a creative director, being able to wear a lot of hats is a big advantage because it helps you, you know, judge the um, quality of what the people under you are doing. It helps you coordinate between tre- teams and stuff. Well, also, if you're running a product team, like every problem is your problem. Like exactly. if, if I can't get a VFX thing to work guess what? Like either I've got to go find some money in my budget to hire someone to do that or do it myself or assign some team member to get yeah. that done. So yeah, that kind of, um, and you know, it's funny because I often, um, when people talk to me about getting in, into the game industry, I, I meet a lot of people that are generalists yeah, and, yeah. you know, and I, I never want to, like, you should always have like one or two skills. It's like, your thing that you can bring to the company, right? Like for me, it would be like level design or, you know, texturing or, you know, cinematic scripting. Um, but, you know, like that kind of general skill, the general tech skill is very, very helpful, I think, for uh, product managers. The weird thing is, unless you go into production, like unless you become a project manager or a producer, like in, if you stay in creative, a lot of times large companies try and beat that out of you sort of in the middle stage of your career. Like they want to know what the one thing you do is. And if you can do more than one, cause like, um, part of what I did while I was working at Smith and Tinker, the first company I was at was, um, I scripted our animated episodes and I yeah. directed VO sessions. Um, and I know HTML, I can code a web page. Um, and when I got to Microsoft, it was like, don't tell anybody, you know, HTML or you'll be the web monkey. Oh no, um, that's so true though. If you're a woman in this field, like you will get shunted off in there. Yeah. And it was like, what is the one thing you do? We want to know yeah. what you are. Um, and so kind of the only way, if you are kind of a Jill of all trades, um, to be able to preserve that. And the one place where in the middle of your career, it's seen as valuable rather than as a hindrance is if you're a producer or a project manager, um, because then you're kind of being able to speak the languages of different departments and translate between them is seen as an asset rather than you not being specialized enough to know how to do your one thing. So uh, maybe we should get to the show. <laughs> that was a long intro, long <laughs> oh, intro. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But no, well, normally it's uh, you know this long for just for me to introduce everybody. So you that's know true. we're we're, <laughs> we're just shifting the time around. That is true. I wouldn't have been introduced yet. Yeah, yeah. I've got more bookcases <laughs> to smash usually. So, so let's so let's talk about video games. So there wasn't too much news that we missed uh, over last week when we uh, had to take the week off. By the way, if we're wondering if you hadn't followed us on Twitter, we had to take the week off last week because. Uh, because we had laryngitis. I could not speak. I was trying my best. It was horrible. Um, Steve, did you actually talk to me on the phone? In this yes, period? you called me on the phone, and yeah, you and sounded like... like you were at death's door, actually. I was actually concerned that you were trying to talk to me on the phone because it yeah. was a yeah. very forced whisper, yeah. and you sounded and, terrible. Yeah, we have never missed an episode of no. Isometric. So, That's true. Uh, sorry about That's that. True. Sorry about that. Was, was Bree scary-er? With the whisper voice from the laryngitis? <laughs> she did sound a bit more ominous than usual. Yeah, you see? So. See? No one would have been able to handle that anyways. You should have You should have just recorded something for Georgia while you were getting off the phone with me. And then, yeah. you know. Are you feeling anxiety, Georgia? Are you feeling anxiety? All right, good. I feel a lot better it's, about scary. It's traumatic for me to hear my own voice playing in the background. You don't understand. So, so Bree's just kind of transferring the anxiety to you. Right, I tell right. you, Georgia, like the whole time watching this video, I'm I'm going like I'm going like yeah, I'm listening to what you're saying, but I'm like, God, I hate Georgia because her hair is so gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> how does she do that? Oh, she's my enemy. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I can't handle people with better hair than me, which is practically everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, but but yeah. did you feel less anxiety putting <laughs> thinking about that instead of the stuff that must have worried you? Hold on. Did, did, did George's hair make you more or less anxious? <laughs> right. Yeah, okay, I'm okay. It's okay. all about okay. the flat iron. I will just well, tell you, yeah. it's not my hair. It's about the ceramic, fully ceramic, one and a half inch flat iron. That's it. All that's right. the only, that's the right. only trick. All right, all right. So let's so, talk about games. Yeah, so I, one thing that can relieve anxiety is a game that's full of explosions. So, <laughs> so Just Cause Three uh, came out. It's one of the the last games to come out uh, this fall, and apparently, it's our game of the year because it's just a series of explosions with some <laughs> gameplay in between. Bri- I'm going to link to this in the show notes. This uh, article from Polygon that Bree sent to us. I, it's the first hour of Just Cause, and I put it on while I was doing some other work. I have, like, three monitors at my desk at work. And I look over, and there's a guy riding on a glider, shooting yeah. – shooting, not riding on a glider. I'm sorry. Standing on the wing of a glider. Yep. Shooting a bazooka into a town. Yep. And that was in the first five minutes of the game. Oh, well, the first four seconds, really. So, <laughs> well, they had they had like they had some some credits that they had to get out of the way first, I guess. Right, but. right. Which, by the way, they did like a serious version of Firestarter. Like they they did like an acapella version of Firestarter. Oh, the Prodigy like, song. Serious, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. I, I need I need a link to that because I need to hear that. That sounds you do, hilarious. You do. It'll get stuck in your head. It'll get stuck in your head. I am sad to say this game is not very good. <laughs> really? That's, it doesn't. Really? That's the one problem with voting at Game of the Year. Um, and you know, Jessica, <laughs> no, you, you've read that could about be a problem. this too. A little bit of a problem. A that team problem. should be watching some anxiety videos. Um, no. <laughs> 
No, um, I wanted to love this game because like Saints Row is one of my favorite games ever. It's like, yeah, I want it more stupid, more stupid. More stupid. And I'm like, <laughs> I like, can you top the stupidness of Saints Row three and four? And no, they can't. And it's like, um, you know, I feel like I almost can't speak to this because a lot of the. You know, a lot of the humor there is there's kind of these um, these overdone uh, Latino and Latina stereotypes, right? Um, and I almost feel bad laughing at that because it is, do you know what I mean? It's such an exaggeration of all the, the tropes that we think about with those kind of movies like Machete. Um, and the problem is the gameplay is just frankly, it's not fun. I mean, it's like I've done open world games so much bigger and better. There's this one... One trick where you can like shoot a barrel and then connect it to like an antenna and have them zip together and explode and it's cool and there's a lot of things you can do with that but um you know, like the story is not super compelling uh the characters are all stereotypes and i'm i in it's technically broken too like the game has gotten a lot of criticism i was gonna say i'm that. surprised yeah. you were able to play through it because i haven't tried but um everybody that i've talked to has had frame rate issues i have too yeah absolutely. and, and, and loading screen issues it. too right because yeah. there were yeah. i saw some people complaining that it had like the first couple weeks of bloodborne level uh loading screens in terms of like how long it was taking just to load the game in the first place yeah well it sounds like it's getting stuck entirely like people had to turn off their consoles to get out of the loading screen that's wow. what happened to me. Um, I was trying to, I was doing the tutorial and um, yeah, I, I died because I held the helicopter too hard in one direction and it exploded and it went to a loading screen and oh. went there for one, two, three, four, five minutes. Oh, and no. then I finally go, okay, is this broken? I go, but I, I just hit a checkpoint. I saw it hit the checkpoint. Let me exit out to the main screen of my PS4 and start back up. And no, I'd redo the entire oh. opening oh. all over again. So that's when I rage, that's when I rage quit. I'm done with that. At that point, it's like... <laughs> yeah, and the, um, the, uh, the load screens are terrible overall. So um, I don't know. Like, what is everyone else's thoughts on this game? Like, are you excited for it? Like, have you played any of the other just causes i haven't i've i've never i mean i've i haven't played any of the first two and i really hadn't even given this a second thought until today <laughs> really if you when you sent me the video because that's like okay well i might have even gotten confused with something else just because i've never heard anything that's like oh you really need to go play just cause 2 or just hmm. or the original just cause like i've never Really yeah. heard anybody getting like super really? excited about them? I, I maybe really? I'm just in the wrong circles or the right circles. I don't know, but uh, it's and you know I mean anything like that anyway. I mean open world games where you get to blow stuff up are like a dime a dozen now anyway. Yeah. So it's like if you're gonna do that, and I understand them taking this angle. If you're gonna do something like that, then and you're just gonna go whole hog into making the biggest explosions that you possibly can, then that's great. But that's there's only so much you can do with making things blow up. I mean, we've all seen things blow up in video games plenty. And I mean, you, you really have to, you have to outdo like the, the, what was it? The tank mode called in Saints Row three. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Love like it. you have to do better than that. And 
it doesn't seem like, from what I've read, that it does a lot better than that. Well, you know, Just Cause has a really interesting history behind it. So Just Talk Cause 2 came out. It didn't do really well, and a lot of people thought the, the franchise was over then. Um, they released it on Steam, and the modding community is what saved Just Cause. And, you know, because the, the physics engine in it is is something you can play around a lot with. And because it kept it had a very dedicated modding community, and then because with you know subsequent Steam sales, it just kept selling and kept selling and kept selling. It actually kept up a very very vibrant community. And you know, in playing it, I'm very very reminded of Sleeping Dogs. You know, Sleeping Dogs is this other open world game made by Square Enix. Um, and in this one, they set it in Hong Kong. They're very clearly you know targeting um, you know, kind of an Asian audience that has been very deliberately ignored by these kind of open world games. And it did very very well. Um, And to me, I'm wondering if Just Cause is kind of more of that, too. Because I can't think of another um, franchise, you know, like that's as as high budget as this is, that's also kind of really um, trying to hit the cultural beats of a culture. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, the part of me that loves emergent gameplay Mm -hmm. kind of loves the idea of a company basically just trying to release their world so that other people can mod it. Um, But, like, everybody I've asked about it is just like, I don't know why I would play that right now instead of, like, Fallout 4. Like, I might get to it eventually, but it doesn't seem like anybody feels, like, terribly compelled to rush into it. And, I mean, I've talked to some people who are, like, waiting for the mods, right? Yeah. They're like, I'll play it in a year when people have, developed you know cool content for it but until then i mean even like there are some rumors even about tomb raider sales that um you know that that microsoft is denying but that or not even denying but they're saying they're still very happy with the game but there were some unofficial numbers that are going around because it released on the same day as fallout 4 so i mean releasing after that when everybody's still immersed in that game and and even on the same day that the xenogears game comes out for the wii u that i know a lot of people have been waiting for also xenogear xenoblade is it xenoblade or xenoblade x i just pre-ordered it today yeah so yeah so that's another like ginormous rpg that a lot of people have been waiting for if they haven't already gotten sucked into fallout 4 so it just seems like i I wouldn't say ginormous rpg steve that's for the wii u i mean well i don't know know, anything above like 10 hours is ginormous to me all right all right all right yeah I'm just but saying, all like, day. Yeah, for the yeah. Wii U, it's pretty ginormous. It's a big title for That's the Wii U. That's true. Yeah. kids. Yeah. Well, I meant, I meant ginormous in terms of size, not in terms of uh, not in terms of sales, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, for me, like at this point, um, games that I try right away tend to be shorter, just because I'm not willing to get into something that I have to invest a lot of time in until I've heard from other people. Like I kind of at this point wait for my friends to vet new games. Because there's just so much time when you're an adult to be able to get into these games, and especially like an open world game that can sometimes take, you know, 20, 30 hours. It's like, are you going to put those 20, 30 hours into something that's not as good as, you know, something like Fallout 4 or Tomb Raider or... Oh, yeah. You know. I buy it all. I waste all my time. <laughs> yeah. All of it is so tax deductible. Free standards to it is blow stuff up. Good. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Up. I just don't know if yeah. I... Uh, so, I mean, Georgia, I mean, do you ever do this with your husband? I would love to know. Because, like, I sit there and I'm always looking for Frank Wu games. 
like games <laughs> I can play with Frank. Like I, I got Rocket League this week because I, I oh we need to play that. Play with the, oh, I kick his ass at that. Oh. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. But I, do you do that, Georgia? Look for Anthony Anthony we games. D- we do. Yeah. But the interesting yeah. thing is that we, there's certain games that we have a huge difference in. So I lean more towards puzzle games. He leans more towards fighting games. So, like, we do games that have a little bit of both. So there's certain puzzle games he really likes. There's certain fighting games I really like. But now what I'm looking for is I really want games that we can play together. Yeah. Like, you know, to be able to, like, play and involve in a world. And we're both, like, playing in the same room on the same screen so that we can be together while we do it. Because playing on in two different areas of the house I'm done like that. Like, we used to do that when we used to play, like, EverQuest and other stuff. And we'd have, like, six computers running so that we can have, like, our entire team of people destroying and taking over the world. And we're kind of we're kind of past running around to all the different computers so we can, like, heal ourselves while we're, like, fighting. So yeah. Yeah. I, want, I want a game that we can, like, play together and just, like, destroy things and laugh. And, like, I can punch him when he, like, yeah. does something yeah, I wrong. Mean, yeah, I mean, you all have met Frank. Like, Jessica, you haven't <laughs> met my husband yet. <laughs> you should. But, like, I mean, for, like, I go, hey, Frank, is this thing you're going to see? And he's, like, <laughs> riding on top of the tank. He's like, oh, the tank can't yeah. go anywhere, but the gun still works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Frank's like, yes, I love that. yes, we must buy that game. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, um, anything with really tanks cool. in it is, like, a Frank Wu, like, guaranteed five star game. I can I can completely see Frank doing that, but I actually see him on the tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would do that. He yeah, would I totally see that. Can I, can I tell you a true story? I shouldn't share this on the air, but I'm oh going to. Oh my god, anyway. I want you to share it. But now. you're going to anyway. It. Now you I'm have going to share to it anyway. So uh, when we were releasing Rev Sixty last year, um, one of the things is, uh, you know, I'm like, oh well, we should get Frank to do some press because he designed a lot of our spaceships and sets. So. <laughs> Like, we are on the phone, and uh, uh, Rob over at Cult of Mac is interviewing both of us. And Frank starts going into this really long monologue in the middle of an interview with the journalist <laughs> about how much he loves Nazi tanks. Oh, <laughs> he just will, no. not, he will not shut up about it. Oh my God. He's like, oh, no, I love the Nazi tanks. I love that one. And I'm like, yeah, but you love no, tanks Frank, in general. No, He's like, soon, no, I really Frank, just love soon. the Nazi Tanks. Oh it's God. always going to be too wait, soon. Wait, wait, wait. For, oh, be for too the soon. record, for the yeah. record, Nazis are evil. They're really bad. <laughs> Nazis are really, really, really bad. Yeah. But they had a really good tank design. Right, Frank. Okay, thank, thank you, you Frank. No, <laughs> thanks, Frank. The We're going to have to delete the, the whole section. section. Thanks, Frank. Oh, you get no chance to represent yourself. Oh. This is the marriage court of <laughs> Not law. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what Frank ended up doing. And then, so this uh, a very big cable channel was here this week shooting. Um, shooting, uh, they're doing some work with us, and I went to their studio and filmed my story. And they wanted to come here and uh, film Frank uh, to tell his side of the story. Only I couldn't be there. For oh, it. No. So, no, oh, like, did you have to? How many of George's videos did you have to watch while that was going on? <laughs> That's why I unwrapped it. Not enough. You know? Right. Um, so, I don't know. I'm going to be watching the science fiction oh, channel and like really seeing like how this turns out. Like, it could be, it could be terrible. It could be I a train just, wreck. I just yeah. loved when we, we were playing pool and you were like, Frank, no, no, Frank. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the look of like, no, stop. <laughs> what was he doing? Do you remember? I 
do. It was like he was. He had a rule. He had like some sort of a rule, but like oh, a specialized yeah. rule. And like we, I don't know how to play pool. And like he's being like really hardcore with some rule that we have to like lose because of. We're playing the girls versus the guys. And he's like, no, 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 this is some... And you're like, no, Frank, stop, right. stop. He was like getting super <laughs> litig because Frank does patent law all day. And I'm like, well, we're going to play this. And I'm like, hey, Jordan, that's okay. You can do that again. Frank is like, no, no, we must. <laughs> uh, I could have used him back when I was playing Magic as a teenager. He would have been... Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's like we... We accuse people in tabletop a lot of being rules lawyers, but it's like I hadn't thought about when you're having actual really lawyer. Is. He's a real yeah. lawyer. He, yeah. t- he takes out they're play you're playing the tabletop stuff and he's taking out the ruler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. I guess, I guess this is a good time for us any for us to take a break and uh tell you about Braintree. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Braintree, which is code for easy online payments. And if you are a mobile app developer, you should absolutely go check them out. They're the payment solution that uh, is used by Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. And they have made the payment experiences in those apps seamless and magical. And with Braintree, you can add a similar experience into your own app. They have fantastic customer service. They have really simple integrations. And they get you ready to receive your payments quickly. And their, all their support plus their fast payouts means that you will be prepared when your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. And Braintree is helping to solve uh, mobile card abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience. And they make the payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. Uh, they give you a full-stack payment solution. They support any kind of payment that your customer could want, PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more with a single integration. It comes with you across every platform. They have superior fraud detection, uh, fantastic customer service, and and they're the best. So if you want to go learn more and to get your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to BraintreePayments.com slash isometric. And thank you so much for to Braintree for sponsoring Isometric and all of the Relay FM network. So you said they'll support you from your first dollar to your billionth dollar? Yes. Does that mean they are guaranteeing that if I implement their API, I will make a billion dollars? I, I don't think they are guaranteeing That's that. That's what I heard. Frank, <laughs> we need to rule on <laughs> Yeah. Frank, Braintree just said they would support me from my first dollar to my billionth dollar. For you, as someone that does patent law... God, just, God, what happened to all my books? I tried to open up this show. <laughs> ah, my books! Right. So Braintree's legally obligated to give me a billion dollars, right? Yeah. Um, One billion. One billion no. dollars! No, yes. No. I totally, yes. I mean, that's what I heard. No. Okay, yeah, that's what I heard. Okay, okay. thanks, Frank, for, for the expertise. <laughs> Frank's now picking up. A billion books. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want everybody to use them so more people can use Apple Pay so I can actually use it. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm in Canada. This yeah. is just a horrible thing. I have to have like American Express. No one uses American Express in Canada. No, it should be Canadian oh, Express. Oh my gosh. Does that mean that you don't have real Netflix and Amazon? We, we do have, well, do we have real Netflix? No. Do we have real Amazon? No. No, we have Canadian versions of both and it's sad. Jessica's been with us for half an hour. She's already she's already taunting George about Canada. I think she's fitting in just fine. Yeah, no, this <laughs> is great. This is great. Um, my good friend Cameron Harris uh, recently, well, I mean, I guess not that recently, I think a year ago, uh, moved up to Montreal to be um, a senior editor at Bioware Montreal. Oh, cool. Um, and so I'm continually hearing about all the things that you didn't know that you can't get in Canada. Oh, There's no. There's a lot of stuff. There's yeah. a lot of stuff. Like what? Trader Joe's. 
Well, Trader, 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 Trader Joe's. But they have all chi- they yeah. have all dressed chips up there, so that makes up for that it. That is true. That's true. But I mean, there's stuff like we she don't just have can't pixie sticks on Amazon. You don't have pixie sticks? No, we've heard from everyone in Canada that you're the only one who doesn't have pixie really? sticks, Georgia. Okay, yes. I, I don't know where to find pixie I, sticks. We have, we have gotten, like, all of Canada has risen up in one, as one and said that they have pixie sticks except for you, so. Hmm. I'll hook you up with the pixie stick black market. We've tried that. <laughs> love it, love it. We've, we Was tried that? to smuggle them in. It didn't work. We, we also, it's also too cold, so we don't have uh, ladies in bikinis playing volleyball here. Yeah, no. Oh, Oh. Well, apparently nobody does outside censorship. of Japan and, and Asia. Censorship. Yeah. So, Canadian censorship. So so I guess let's talk about oh. this latest uh, outrage of censorship and how games are going to die and, and be destroyed. Because, I mean, they're already dead, right? Well, yeah. Well, they've been dead for a long time, but now they're just going to be stomping on the corpse, I suppose. Ever but since women got involved. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's a tragedy, really. Yeah. Uh, so Dead or Alive Extreme... Volleyball 3 is a game that is being developed in Japan and Asia only. And this is the game that was the offshoot of the Dead or Alive fighting game uh, series that is basically just an excuse to ogle uh, the female characters in bikinis uh, while they're playing volleyball. That's Steve, that's... <laughs> Steve, this is actually a really serious volleyball game. Oh, okay. I, I think that you shouldn't you shouldn't call out the game like this. What, women can't play volleyball when they're in bikinis? I'm just well, asking. That... <laughs> this isn't... I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> My thing is, I was just like, you know, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at the Polygon article on it. And the thing is just like, you know, you can... I'm pretty sure you can get this on the internet just as like anime. Like, why, why do you need a game to ogle ladies in bikinis playing volleyball? Yeah. Be- because I'm... censorship, that's why. You know, and and let's talk about the real story with this. It, it um, you know, like they they announced it wasn't going to be brought over here, and then I mean, do you want to tell this, Steve, with the social yeah. media account? Yeah. So there was uh, there Koei Tecmo is the company that makes the game, and so they have a Facebook account, and there was a comment after somebody was asking them when when or if it was going to be brought over, and the post from the uh, from the company said, do you know how many issues happening in video game industry with regard to how to treat female in video game industry? We do not want to talk those things here, but certainly we have gone through in last year or two to come to our decision. So the the narrative that's been built around this game, obviously, is that, well, because of all the discussion of, uh, you know, games women in games that's happened over the past year or two that they've decided that it's not appropriate to bring it over here, even though they're, they're releasing it in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, we're not going to talk a bunch about Gamergate, but they, they went nuts about this. I'm sure they did. As as you would expect. Oh, they've been frothing at the mouth for two weeks now. So, you know, I just have to say, and Jessica, like, forgive me if I'm misremembering this, but like, you're the one that we were talking on Facebook and we're like, Dead or alive, extreme volleyball. Whatevs. Like that is my. Uh, that's my attitude about it. Is that yours? Like, my, so my feeling on this is like, honestly, I don't really care all that much. Um, but I'm really more frustrated with their response to it. Like, it, like for starters, own whatever you're going to do. If you ha- feel like you have to get defensive about your decision, then like. You know, maybe maybe you should have thought about it 
when you were putting all that time and energy into developing the game. But like, honestly, I don't care if we have a sexy volleyball game. I could care less. I do have a problem with the response that, do you know how hard it is to figure out how to treat women in video games? I had this exchange with Will Wheaton on Tumblr where basically this girl wrote in and was like, I'm super into magic and there's this guy at school. I'm in high school and there's this guy at school who's continually, um, you know, like kind of bullying me about it. And Magic the Gathering or Magic Spells? Magic the Gathering. Um, And so Will Wheaton had what was in some ways a really great response um, that was like, you know, he's bullying you and gave her some advice on how to handle that, but was also like, you know, he's probably doing it because he's insecure and you should try and understand um, why he's insecure and, you know, help him with that and maybe he won't bully you anymore. And like my response is like, eh, you know, women are kind of expected to do so much emotional labor anyway. Like if somebody's bullying you, you don't owe them an education on like how not to be an overt misogynist. And it it's really easy to fall into traps because like there's some misogyny hard baked into our culture. Like it's really easy to accidentally do it, but it's not hard at all to like kind of not hit the low hanging fruit of misogyny. And so like, don't act like it's complicated to know that this game is, you know, sexist and exploitive. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a real misunderstanding. I think there's some stereotype going on here where people seem to think that it's the goal of feminists to obliterate sexuality in the public sphere. Um, and it's just not true. In fact, I would say, and I mean, Jessica, I don't know what your experience is with it, but I can't think of a single sex-negative feminist that actually works in our field. Can you think of one? I, I don't know anyone. If you were, like, if that sort of stuff bothered you, if you, you wouldn't were, make it here. Yeah, right. you'd be gone after your first couple months. Um, so it's like, if you want to make a sexy volleyball game, make it, but don't act like, like expect that some people are going to criticize it. Not because this sort of thing shouldn't exist, but just because this portrayal of women has been sort of the norm for video games. And like, you know, a a lot of people I think want more variety in how women are portrayed and want more games that are not as exploitative. But like, if you're going to make it, own it. And don't pretend that like, you're just confused. Uh, you know, it's there's always going to be some game out there, as long as we have this medium that's kind of aimed at that kind of teenage boy sexuality. I mean, it's just always going to exist. It's not healthy of us to want it to get rid of that. But I, I think you're right. And like stereotyping feminists as if this is the one goal. I, I don't know how other people feel. And Georgia, I'd love your input on this. But my goal is just to have more games that represent women well. There's not a problem that dead or alive beach volleyball exists. In fact, I've owned every single one of those games that they've put out. Um, (laughs) It's actually a good volleyball game. But the problem is when that representation is the status quo, when it's not the outlier, right? And that's really the only message here. Like, Like, go ahead and do that. But... And I have to say this, too. I had a conversation with Steve Butts once, and he said something to me that I think about every time the subject comes up. 
Um, and that's, you know, gamers want to say over and over again that games are art. Games have art. Games are art. Well, if it's art, that means you're going to get critiqued over the art. If you're Temco and you're putting out this kind of, um, this kind of hyper-sexualized game where, like, Rachel has boobs that are four times as big as her head, like, you will get criticism for it. Like, but make your decision and stick by it. We did that with Rev60. Like, we had very tall, skinny women. And, you know, I'm very proud of that game. It doesn't mean I'm not going to listen to critique can change it going forward but you know we certainly own the game that we put out there yeah and and don't don't stick down and and suddenly blame the reason that you're not going to put it out because of critiques that you think that are going to happen and then you 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 deal with that and then put a whole bunch of backlash where there was none like there's all kinds of sexy games there's sexy movies there's you know watching like naughty videos on the internet Like, there's a place for everything, but it just should be, um, you know, a a medium should be mitigated through the culture of which it is seen. And the problem was that games were not doing that. They were showing something that was only one-sided. And so there's a great, there's a wonderful thing with having variety. Um, And so it doesn't mean that everything has to be censored and sanctioned and um, asexual. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. the the solution isn't censorship it's more diversity yeah Yeah, exactly exactly yeah we just need the guy volleyball game that's it that's it well you know they figured out all these physics with boobs and by the way i had a really fascinating (laughs) conversation at gdc a few years ago where i was yeah where i had a really fascinating conversation with the man at gdc and his entire job was all day long to do nothing but think about boob physics that was his job. He was a specialty oh in those plugins. He was a special specialist in the the rigging systems Sorry, involved. What are, the, what are plugins? Plugins. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Georgia, the game industry. Um, if you're going to wait, physics, can we talk about this yes. on the show? Yes. <laughs> okay. This is turning into a very different show. We I don't know. rewrite. We don't rewrite the physics engine every single time we put um, like a, a drag barrels into antennas mechanic in um, in Just Cause Three. So what you do is you apply physics engines to certain things by plugging them into your engine. So yeah, uh, but his entire job was nothing but that. And I, and he's like, and I, I start complaining about the the boob jiggle in Resident Evil. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Rendering gelatinous like fat jiggling is very, very complicated. It starts talking about the physics of it. Yes. The boobs are not the same as Jello, and that's already why the problem with those boobs were. Well, because Georgia, I'm going to go to the expert. Thank you very much. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that there's one other thing that we're not talking about here that's also that the the game just did the last game in the series just didn't sell very well either so i mean it yep. sold uh for like 50,000 units in japan it's or 60,000 units in japan its first year it sold less than that half of that in the us in its first year so one thing that they're not saying that they probably should be saying is it's probably nobody bought the game in the us in the first place so and that was in an era where this kind of game was much more easily accepted. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't make sense for them to take whatever bad press they're going to get by releasing in this country and then not sell it. It doesn't make sense for them to spend the money in, in localizing it. Yeah, even just the localization costs, if it didn't sell here, 
but like be honest about that well i mean i mean jessica because you've worked on like more triple a stuff than i have like how much does localization cost because that's what doesn't make sense to me in this equation yeah it's um it's super it's super variable basically if you are localizing the voiceover yeah it's millions and millions of dollars because if it's a big game um, do they speak because I, d- I don't know if they do in this particular game, but yeah, I mean, if you're localizing a game where you record the voiceover in multiple languages, it's super expensive. Mm. If all you're doing is translating um, captions, subtitles, then it's considerably less. It just seems to me that, I mean, I don't know. It's not that complicated a game. I don't understand why they would just bring it over. Um, I don't know. I, I guess there's really not that much more to say on this topic. I just want to say for me definitively, yeah, I'm a sex positive feminist. Um, you know, I have no problem with sex workers. Like look at my Twitter. I'm very pro sex work and yeah, I'm pro sexuality in video games. My problem is when sexualized women are all that you see. And, you know, when you're playing something like Battlefront, and that's the first game in my entire life I can remember playing where I can have an avatar that's like a 60 or 70-year-old woman, like, in that game. And that's, like, what you could use to represent yourself if you want to. Like, that's not good. And that's not healthy. And Do you you guys watch Hey Ash, What You Playing? Uh, I don't. No. What is no. that? What is that? Um, oh my gosh, it's awesome. It's a um, YouTube series where basically they do like two and a half minute reviews of different games. Um, and it's a fictionalized brother and sister who are actually uh, a real brother and sister, but their characters are sort of fictionalized versions of themselves. Um, and so, like, they have this one episode where they're talking about what the best game of, I think it was 2013, 2012 was. Anthony, the guy, is like, Um, Yeah, so like Star Wars, I think it was Old Republic or whatever. Um, Like, yeah, I could play this cool female Jedi and like she wasn't sexualized and she was a total badass and his sister is like, was she fat? And he's like, no. And she's like, could you make her fat? And he's like, she's like, could you be fat? And he's like, yeah, if you were playing a guy. Um, and so she makes the argument that Saints Row 3 is actually the best game because um, she shows her character, um, who is an, a, a heavyset African-American woman and a badass. And she's like, you know, I could play somebody who looks like this in this game. Um, and it just kind of like showed that the emperor has no clothes in how most games portray women. It's like like having female characters and having different skin tones and stuff isn't the only kind of diversity that's out there. Yeah, I think that's well said. Yeah. I think it's very well said. All right. So, um so let's move on to one more one more thing and then we'll get to what we're playing. So, um we so the holidays are coming up and well, I don't know how you want to lead into this, but Yeah, you know, um I'm just going to be direct and honest about it. Um, you know, uh I I've had a lot of friends commit suicide over over the course of my life. The holidays are a really tough time for a lot of people. Um, And, you know, it's hard because, you know, you see all this, like, 
cinematized depictions of joy everywhere. It's supposed to be like, oh, family is everything. And, you know, for many people, if you don't have family, if you don't, you come from an abusive family, if you, your situation isn't that great, or maybe you got divorced that year, like the holidays have a, a really serious time for depression. And, you know, um, so I guess Georgia, um, there was one particular person I had in mind, and I'd like to talk about that later. But, you know, you're, you're a therapist. This is what you do for a living. Like, what are your yeah. thoughts on this? Like, it, for gamers, you know, I think a lot of us do tend to play games to kind of escape reality sometimes. And I, I think that this does seem to be higher in our community. Like, what are, what are your tips for any of our listeners out there that might be fighting that this year or even seeing a friend dealing with this? It's, it's a really, it's a really, really tough time of year. So once we're, for one thing, we're dealing with generalized ang- 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 like the anxiety of, of dealing with the holidays, which is already difficult. The days are getting shorter, and so we're also dealing with seasonal affective disorder, which increases in the winter. It's kind of our way of beginning our mild hibernation. So a lot of people can also be more depressed. If you're already depressed, odds are during the wintertime you can be even more so. You're not getting the same amount of sunlight. Odds are you're not going out as often. People are more internal. And if you don't have a great support system around you, it can be really devastating watching all of these shows and seeing all these people talk about how this is supposed to be so happy and good. And it's that constant reminder of this is not what you have. And it's kind of almost rubbed in people's faces without being intentional just because it's inundated everywhere. And so I think that if you know someone that is going through this, it's wonderful to lend them an ear, to be able to be there, you know, to invite them out if they would like to, um, to like, you know, so that there, there's one of the worst things is the thought of being alone in the holidays is really a very difficult period of time. So if you know someone that might be alone and you can invite them in to share um, whether you celebrate, um, you know, Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or anything, whatever it might be, it would be helpful to them and to be able to just listen. If you yourself are going, and if they're going through a serious depression, you know, to to say what they can do, you want to do the opposite of what would be hibernation. So Depression makes you want to, you know, stay in the home, eat, sleep, kind of go into slug mode and not expand in the world. So even if it's just going outside for a little bit, somewhere that is outside of the same environment, getting moving would be lovely if it's possible for you. Sometimes that might just be getting out of bed and that's fine. You know, trying to put something on that makes you feel happy, listening to some music that may make you have a happy moment, if you have a game that makes you feel, you know, soothed and warm. But one of the main things is being with other people that lift you up. And so that being able to go out, have a coffee, being able to spend a little bit of time with someone else is really beneficial. And exercising, though it will probably be the last thing that you're going to want to do, is wonderful in that it actually causes, it works in many different ways why exercise is so beneficial to dealing with depression and it is as effective statistically as taking medication for depression. And if you do both, it's even better um, if it is the proper medication for you. And then if you mix that with good therapy, it can be amazing and you can get better and there is hope. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Can I say something about that? Like, you know, um, you know, isometric, more than anything, what I'm proudest of with this show is I do think that we talk about, I, I think that our listeners care about 
making the video game industry a better place, a place where everyone can have fun playing these games. And I know that we're an audience that cares. Um, and I guess I'd say, like, Georgia, of what you're saying to kind of feel out the people around you, be there and support them. Yeah, I know I am going to make a, an effort this year. Like, I'm thinking of three or four people that, you know, I'm going to invite them over to Christmas dinner and, you know, make a really big effort to be there uh, this year with them. Um, I have to say, like, uh, for my friends that are transgender, like, I know a lot of people that are really suffering this time of year. Um, you know, joblessness is very common. Um, being disowned is very common. And I, I guess my message to our isometric listeners is, um, you know, I hope you'll step up. I hope you'll step up and you'll think about the people in your life out there that might need you because that, that voice of you being there, you being that one person that took some time to, to care and listen for someone else, that could be the difference in someone making it through the holidays and not making it through the holidays. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's really important around this time of year, kind of because it does, um, the holidays do give us an excuse to say things to people that otherwise might seem like too emotionally intimate or just, you know, like you can send your friends something like a holiday card and like tell them how you see them because like for people who are suffering from depression, it can be so easy to not realize how um, important they are to other people, how those people see them as really cool people and stuff. Like it, it can be really easy to be really hard on yourself and to forget the value that you have to other people. And even just to forget that family isn't just blood, like your friends can in some ways become family. And so just reaching out to people and being like, hey, I don't know, I haven't told you in a while, but like, you know, you do this thing that's super cool and that makes me feel great. Or like, I love it when you, like one of my friends is continually sending me um, cool press and articles and stuff about Hamilton, this musical that we both love. <laughs> you, oh, that's how we talk about on Rocket. <laughs> yeah, Simone's like obsessed with that, isn't she? Yeah, 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 she yeah. is. But it's, yeah. it's basically the best musical ever written. I had told her once, I was like, you're like, you know, if we're in an RPG party, like, you know, you tell me how much you admire me for kind of being the tank, but like, you're my healer. Like you're on there on Facebook chat with me, um, you know, just sending me things to make me smile. And that's super important to me. Aww. And so just telling people why you love them. Um, you don't have to use the word love if you're not comfortable with it, but telling your friends what they do for you, that's really cool. Or just what's really cool about them in general um, can help if you're feeling down on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Georgia, you said something made today when we were talking about this in show prep, and this was so insightful to me, um, is that there's there's both short-term care and long-term care for, for this. Um, can you tell people a little bit about that? Yeah, so the short-term care is just, you know, being there saying hi, you know, you know, how are you doing? And that's great. It, it'll, it'll deal with it on the short term. But you also want to remember that, you know, then after that goes away, which, you know, could be a day, could be two days, you go back to where you felt before and, and like nighttime becomes really difficult. Those times when you're left alone with your thoughts can be really, really rough during the holidays, especially, but just during the winter as well. And I'm, I'm very, very busy, unfortunately, during this time of year um, because of that. And so what you really want to do is if you have a serious depression, you should see someone. Like if it's, um, you know, whichever way that it works for you, it might not be therapy. It might be um, seeing a rabbi or a priest or it might be, you know, some sympathetic friends, though. 
it's hard. Like, I'll be honest, friends taking care of someone else that has a serious depression, it's a lot of pressure on you. And you're, you're not, like, equipped how to cope and what to say to actually make it better. And you can end up feeling exhausted yourself because it's a real... It's a hard thing dealing with someone that you're worried about that may hurt themselves. And so to bring them to a place or to someone to be able to truly work on the reasons that you have the depression in the first place. Is this a situational depression because of something that happened? Is this something that is chemical? Is this in your family history? Is this because of abuse and trauma that you've been through? Um, job losses, um, low self-esteem, negative critical voices. These are the things that you're going to want to actually deal with. And short-term, it would be exercise, work on sleeping and not sleeping too much because in depression, getting out, even if it's just walking around the mall alone, doing something that makes you feel good. It could be art, it could be drawing, coloring, creating something makes us feel good. Um, doing things for others keeps our mind out of thinking about ourselves gives us a feeling of purpose, um, watching or doing something that makes us laugh or feel joy, um, listening to music that is upbeat instead of uh, feeding the depression, journaling. Like these are like just small things that you could do even on your own to be able to start climbing the way out. And it's hard. Like the beginning steps are difficult. And, um, you know, reaching out, letting someone know that you're, you're having a hard time if you need someone else to go with you to your first therapy session or to meet the right therapist, um, or even your doctor, if you want to do it through medication, like there's no judgment to that. Do it whichever way works so that you're not suffering. Yeah, I think that's well said. Steve, did you have anything to say on that before? Kind of, um... this is something that I deal with not to that extent, but I mean, you know, it's very easy, especially when you don't celebrate Christmas to feel excluded and feel, oh yeah, um, you know, to feel left out and feel, you know, other and so you know this is something that i i december is always kind of a difficult month for me in general um being jewish and not i mean you know hanukkah is great but it's you know yeah it's it's you don't you don't have uh you know radio stations doing 24 7 hanukkah music it's just kind of be you know be aware of that type of thing too if you have somebody who is who's not celebrating the holiday for one way for one reason or another it's very easy for them to feel very very excluded and very um you know very down about being not being able to participate in a lot of that stuff so that's just something to think about too yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. use the phrase happy holidays and not merry christmas that's yeah so i guess i wanted to close this by asking isometric listeners to do something um so somebody i really really care a lot about is is having a rough a rough um year um and it's uh you know sabine on twitter uh she's she's uh her handle is that sabine girl we're gonna link to it in the notes here and guys i just Anyone out there that's listening and just wanted to send her just a, hey, you know, you're awesome. I care about you. You know, you're a good person. Just, I think, um, you know, just giving her that little bit of a, of a, a pick-me-up would really be something sweet and, and, and very nice that you could do. So I, I hope our listeners will do that and kind of give somebody some of that short-term, you know, help that they need. Because sometimes, you know, we all, we all, we all need friends to kind of give us support sometimes yeah yes. definitely no yeah i would appreciate if you did that yeah so, awesome 
just a little bit to try to make somebody's day a little bit better. Sometimes that's all they need. So Absolutely. Yeah. So I just sent her a tweet saying, hey, that Sabine girl, I care a lot about you. You are smart. You're passionate. And the world is a much better place with you here. Heart, 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 heart. So please like look at that tweet yeah. and send her some good vibes. Yeah. All right, so um, so I guess we'll go on to what we're playing. And uh, Jessica, I don't know if you have anything uh, prepped for us, but if you uh, want to talk about a game or two that you've been playing over the past week or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I asked you this in chat, and it was like five million games. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe pick a couple. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, will, um, I will keep it brief. I tend to not have time to play as many video games as I used to. The dirty little secret of the game industry is when you make yeah. games, a lot of times you stop having as much time to play them. So I tend to play games that, like I, I think I said before, have been vetted by my friends. My friends will reassure me that it's worth the time investment. And so they tend to be older. Um, I've been playing a bunch of Battle Blocks Theater, which is a um, Xbox Live Arcade game. It's like an, kind of an indie game. Um, it's like, it, it is the most millennial game I've ever played in that the humor is very internet. Um, it's all about, you've been captured by a bunch of cats and are forced to go through these puzzle platformer levels to entertain your cat overlords. Yeah. yeah, it's, and the narration is like super snarky and really funny. Um, and then, uh, a friend of mine who plays a lot of, um, Steam kind of indie games, uh, introduced me to... Um, a game called Darkest Dungeon, which is sort of a Lovecraftian horror game um, in which you have a party that you take through these dungeons and fight stuff. And uh, there's a stress mechanic. If your people get too stressed from all the terror that they're experiencing, um, they stop being as effective. And uh, it's just very uh, dire and you die entertainingly. And that's pretty cool. Um, and then I've been playing a bunch of board and card games. Um, I've been playing with some friends a game called Dead of Winter, which is a zombie game. It's very sort of story-oriented, and the mechanics for how the story... Because um, a lot of times story is kind of a weird add-on to board games or tabletop. Um, but it has these very cool cards that trigger off certain events, and then a story event happens. So that's been very cool. Um, and I got to... One of the people in my crew was the sexy fireman, who then found the only horse in the town. And so he was a sexy fireman on a horse. It was basically that Old Spice commercial um, <laughs> writ large in my game. So that was pretty awesome. And I'm about to start playing an indie RPG called Night Witches, which is all about these uh, Russian aviatrixes in World War II that uh, flew these planes that were um, too old and beat up for the normal soldiers to fly, but um, they were able to fly them and terrorized the Nazis so much that like the Nazis wouldn't go in areas where the night witches had been rumored to be. So there's an indie RPG about it. Going to try playing that. Super excited. So yeah, that's my rundown. Wow. Yeah, I think that I just saw because I just downloaded all the games that were uh, backward compatible and I saw that Battle Block Theater is one of them, too. So if you have an Xbox one, you can go get that and play that on your uh, on your Xbox one now, too. So um, that, that's from the people who made Castle Crashers in which I'm sure most people who are listening to the show have probably heard of. So, yeah, similar humor. Uh, so, Brie, what are you playing this week? <laughs> Well, Steve, you know, because I'm a feminist, I burn all video games in sight. I just <laughs> oh, okay. put them in. I put them in my front yard and then uh we douse with gas and um yeah, that's that's all the game's good for for me. So, so what good video games have you burned this week? Uh I burned <laughs> 
Well, I did give, uh, I gave Just Cause a go. I'm going to put another couple hours into it. Um, I think I've hit a point with Fallout 4 where I just don't want to play anymore. Um, you know, it, it does get very repetitive after a while. Have I talked about Fallout 4 much on Isometric? I, I, I can't remember. I think we, yeah, you started talking about it in what we're playing on our last show. Yeah. And um, you were started, you were, you were getting into it. I think that was probably 30 or 40 hours ago. Yeah, uh, well, I've I've played way too much. So, uh, you know, it's it's a good game. It's a good game. Um, I, as someone who, you know, I've spent the last three weeks doing nothing but lighting with Rev sixty. You know, the lighting is terrible. Uh, the character models are are not good. The animations are bad. Um, a lot of the modeling of the world is terrible. Um, yet it's it's compelling, and I think it's uh, this, I love that. this everything's I, horrible. I, I, everything is from it's, it's like Plan 9 from Outer Space, the way you're it describing really it. It really is. Um, <laughs> I, I truly don't know why I keep playing it. I don't. I don't. I guess I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> so I've been playing a lot of that. Um, Frank got an iPad Pro. Um, so at our house, Frank's 17-inch uh, MacBook finally died. And, you know, Steve, we've talked a lot about your MacBook uh, kind of not being a great upgrade this year for Apple. So I'm like, well, Frank, how would you feel if we uh, got you an iPad Pro instead? And you could use that because, you know, Frank is not super technical. And uh, he did that. And uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, games on there, like uh, XCOM. Uh, I've been playing oh, through XCOM Enemy with them on there. on there. Oh, it's so amazing. It's so amazing. It does end up very pixelated because it's just an upscaled version of the, uh, the iPad version. Um, but it's still just incredibly good. Um, we gave Rocket League a shot. Um, Steve, have you gotten much in the I Rocket love League? Rocket League. Yeah, it's we a really need, good We game. need to play. It's like, it, that's the kind of game that I would just play like remote play, just get a couple of matches in. But it's it seems really, really simple until you start getting into it. And that's actually a really deep, interesting game. Well, I would love to know more uh, of the deepness with it. It seems to be like Peggle in the sense anyone can pick it up and play it. I don't see it being a huge hit in the the Wu household because I just annihilate Frank when we play. Yeah. Um, Why am I shocked? Well, oh, wait, I'm not. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Georgia, seriously, that's what you're looking for with your spouse yes, is like games where you both have a, a fair chance of winning. And, yeah. you know, it's... You can play it together. I know, I know this isn't a graceful way to say it, but I'm better at games than Frank is, so it's hard to find stuff that we can play together. Fast forward that make this sense? part, Frank. It might be painful. Yeah, it's very painful. I'm sorry, I meant you're better than me at games. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's basically what we've been playing. Yeah, that, that's why Maureen and I just do co-op. We still have not played Hearthstone against each other yet, so it's <laughs> <laughs> you can sleep on our couch, buddy. Yeah, no, it, that's why because you know I'm not I, yeah. I'm not going there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. It'll be okay. Uh so what are you playing this week? I, I can't stop playing Snapimals. I can't I can't stop. I love this game. It's it's you're you're just taking pictures and building up your little world. And so um I've been playing that in, I've been actually doing just a lot of sessions. I've been working extra long hours. Um so I've been running like twelve hour days in some cases, uh, because the holiday season is rough. And so but in between I've been like building up my museum to take better photos and unlock like dinosaur worlds so yeah that's what i'm doing 
I, I tried that, but I couldn't get past the free to play mechanics. It was just like, I just let me just Which let part? me take pictures. I I just want to like anytime that it stops me from playing when I want to play. It's like I just stop, I just put it down and I don't pick it up again. Oh, I think that if they just let you take pictures the entire time, you would be bored. Like you don't actually have to pay. You you pay like you don't. I guess you could buy. I didn't. I've never bought any gems. I just I I actually wait. But it's between sessions, so for me, it's perfect. I have like three four minutes. Do that, and then I go back to session. I have to say the art style for that game is really, really, really cute. Yeah, and at first so I'm cute. looking at it and I'm like, ugh. And then as you start playing it, like there's um there's a rule to how they draw everything where um facial features are super elongated and it just it works. It works. And I think um I think a game really succeeds when like you can look at a picture of Rev sixty and you know that's my art, right? And I think uh I think Snapimals has that same quality to it i I think it's it it really speaks well to the team that made it i think it's adorable i can't talk i can't talk to the you know any anything behind it but i think it's adorable but are you feeling anxiety steve i i am i need to go watch uh six of george's videos after we uh (laughs) there's only one there's only one there's three Uh, are there three there's three now i have one on sleep now do I learn other Georgia Dow secrets? Oh, I, that's so funny. That's so funny. I have totally no clue what you were talking about. <laughs> no clue. You have so, a video on sleep? I, I, yes, I have a video on how to deal with sleep issues. Oh, my gosh. I need to watch. I'm so bad at sleeping. I'm so bad. <laughs> Can I have that for Christmas? Yeah. We'll see. We'll I see. Like, we'll see. It's so dis- <laughs> insomnia is the worst because you're like, this is a thing that every other creature on this planet like knows how to do, and I can't figure <laughs> out how to sleep. Why am I so dumb? Well, it's not. It's probably because you're perseverating, right? Like you're probably thinking, trying to solve the problems of the world, and uh, that's that's the problem with the nighttime is that people people are trying to fix things and like think of things there's just not enough distractions and so you need to train your brain and unfortunately it's something that we learn as babies and then we unlearn as we get older and so oh. there's there's really good techniques to be able to one retrain your body to be able to calm down to go through the sleep waves and to not have a trigger thought which would be the opposite of sleeping would be anxiety right i didn't do this what about that i should be doing this and existential thoughts what am i doing with my life and why did this happen and tomorrow i have to cook this or i have to see the in-laws which again will bring you into that fight or flight state and you're not going to go to sleep so that's what we teach you Jessica, can I share something that really worked for me? Because I, like you, I I have had so much trouble sleeping that I actually went to rehab for ambient addiction because I got I got beyond hooked. I mean, this was a decade ago, but I've I've really struggled with how to sleep, and even today, it um you know like I slept one hour uh not last night but the night before last just because oh, I couldn't geez. shut my brain off. Uh, but this is the best trick that I found. Um, so. To to fix that like brain racing thing, you have to like reach this lucid state, right? Like where your thoughts just come and like, you know, like you're just imagining cool things and you have to shut your brain off for that. So the way I figured out how to trick it into doing that without any, you know, alcohol or any substances at all is um, I get, I have an iPod Nano and I have audiobooks I've listened to two, three, four hundred times that I know every word of it by heart. So I have like uh, earphones I stick in my ear and it shuts off all sound to everything else. And I just turn it up and there's this magic state that you can put it on where it's just 
barely, 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 barely enough that you can hear it if you're concentrating on it. But your brain can also drift off and just ignore it if you want to. Wow, that is such a good idea. You start like listening to these stories that you start to like just know by heart that you you, you know what the next word is going to be as they're speaking it. So you can kind of dr- concentrate on the story and it turns your brain off, but then it's not stimulating enough that after 15 or 20 minutes, you just kind of fade away. So that is the magic bullet I found to help me sleep. You could also do guided imagery um, the same way or um, relaxation techniques um, the same way um, how to, passive relaxation works also really well and you can listen to that before you go to sleep um, and if not you can even just do math or you know figure out something that's not you just want to keep your brain off of something that would be a trigger thought when you're doing it and probably also you should turn away your clock um, if you're counting or doing math, it's even if you have 30 minutes left to sleep, you don't need to do the math to figure that out. It's better to sleep than not to because um, at the last stages of sleep, that last hour of sleep is when your brain's doing most of its reparation work. It's really important, and uh, you're cleaning your brain of, like, amyloid plaque and other things that lead to Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and you're repairing DNA. And It's really important stuff to be able to get good sleep, and unfortunately our society has kind of said that sleep is for the lazy, and now we've realized that it's, it's essential for our um, emotional and physical health. Wait, I'm going to get Alzheimer's now because I've, yeah, I've neglected yeah, this for so long. No, I'm never going to sleep, no, Georgia. <laughs> sorry. I'm uh. sorry. No, but it's the last, those last few hours of sleep are the most essential for us for, mm-hmm. for reparation. And so Hi, my name work is Sandra Reese. Work on I'm it. the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Suicide Prevention. I'm here with top psychotherapist, uh, top Georgia psychotherapist Georgia Dow. Georgia <laughs> okay, great. I feel better. Thank All you, right. Georgia. Yeah. Well, Anyway, so I, I, so I've been, um, I basically took like all Thanksgiving week and I just like didn't leave the house most of it just to recover from all the work that I've been doing over the last couple months. So I thought you were going to say like stuffing yourself with turkey. Well, yeah. Well, my family does Thanksgiving weird anyway, because my mom and, and Maureen do Black Friday really hard and they don't okay. want to get, they don't want to like have a really heavy meal. So they have a really light meal on Thanksgiving and then they wake up at a ridiculous hour and go, I don't know, punch old ladies or something. I don't know what they do, but <laughs> what? Um, what? What? I just wake up with the, I if just wake up and make sure by the, someone it was yeah. probably Steve's family. That's yeah. what he's saying. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, so I played it. I, I ended up going back to Heroes of the Storm a bit. And I just wake up. With the, I just wake up and, punched- sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and that was and, a mistake. They've been, you know, I, when we when we first started talking about it, it was kind of like, well, it's just like every other other MOBA, and they've been doing some interesting things with it lately that have been kind of making it a little bit different, which has been interesting. Like there's this new character called Shogal, which two players control simultaneously, where one person is is having them walk around, the other person is doing a lot of like the the abilities. So I've been playing a little bit of that. There was a listener listener uh, Mary Melody who was in the uh, isometric chat and. Heroes of the Storm helped me get him, and it's it's a lot of fun, especially because you kind of have to coordinate, which is difficult if you're not doing voice chat. But because one one player will throw out a bomb, the other one has to detonate it, um, and like one player can, the player who's not walking can kind of shove the other one to go faster, and it's a lot a lot of interesting ways that they let you interact without necessarily needing voice chat. Um, and they put this new map together that is different in that you can't actually attack the other team's core directly 
instead you have to do map objectives, which is kind of confusing when you have people who haven't played the other map before, but it's a very different twist on the MOBA theme that's kind of keeping things a little bit fresh. So I, I ended up buying a couple of characters over their Black Friday sale, and I've been playing uh, Lieutenant Morales, who's the combat medic from StarCraft. I'm trying to get the, the master skins because she has a master skin that kind of looks like Samus a little bit. So Acceptable? Yeah. I mean, she's a really... I like playing support anyway, and she's a really good support character, but that, that master armor is really pretty freaking sweet so it gives me something something to move forward to and um i ended up playing idarb on the xbox with tanya to pass over the weekend which is this weird like it's basically keep away it's basically what it is it's like this weird soccer game that i don't think we were quite playing it right because it really needs four people and like people watching on twitch that they can like affect the game through sending you like hash bombs or whatever but it was this kind of interesting kind of soccer platformer type game that was I'd like to get more people trying it to kind of get the full experience, but it was fun what we were playing. And I got this game um, called Assault Android Cactus on Steam. What? Sorry? Sorry, yeah. I think I what? misheard. It, Assault Android Cactus. No, that's what I thought I heard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. It's it's this really cool uh, twin stick shooter. Uh, there, all these girl androids are like this girl android kind of lands on this ship where there's a few other girl androids who are in the middle of like a robot uprising where the ship's kind of taking itself over and so you play as as cactus is one of the main characters and you it's really kind of simple because you only have two weapons that you can switch between but they do it they execute it really really well they have some of the the dialogue is pretty interesting but they they have a very big variety of different characters you can choose from that have a lot of different weapons like there's uh, you know, homing missiles or there's a laser and, you know, a, a machine gun and different secondary weapons that go along with the primary weapon. I'm liking it a hell of a lot. And uh, my oldest was watching me playing and she thought it was fantastic also. So I can that's that's a pretty strong recommendation um, for that, too. If you like a twin stick shooter, it's it's intense, but it's really it's a lot of fun and it's silly. So. So that's that's all I got to talk about. But <laughs> so excellent. Yeah. I just throw out some love for games that are silly. They're so, it's so good to be able to play something that's not like grimdark. And we don't, we don't play, we don't play silly games on this podcast. No, no, very serious. (laughs) Very serious. Very, very serious. That's where I am too. It's like, I'm, I'm done with, that's why I I like tapped out of fallout like three hours. Like I can't do it. Like, it's just, I I need something a little bit more lighthearted than that. I mean, not the Tomb Raider is particularly lighthearted, but at least it's, you know, it's drawing me in in a way that Fallout just didn't. So, oh, I've been working through Tomb Raider too. So, uh, in the mornings, I, I'm I don't know. Like, it says I'm like thirty percent into it. So, I don't know how much that really means. But one more game recommendation: yeah. Crawl on Steam. Crawl. Okay. Oh, is this the this is the one that had like the the head of Valve in like as like a boss monster or something like that. Yeah, so you play um, you play an adventurer going through a dungeon, and you can play with up to four people, and um, all your friends play the ghosts that like inhabit different monsters and traps in the dungeon and try and kill you. And if you die, you become a ghost, and whoever killed you becomes the adventurer. This and sounds then, interesting. Like, I like that. This sounds really good. It's hilarious too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like yeah. this. I'm gonna be. I'll try this. All out. right. Yeah, I'll yeah. check it out too. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Anything that we want to, Georgia or, or Bree, anything you want to tell our tell our listeners about that you've been on lately that you want to make sure that they check out? I did Fitcast and Steve. I did. Yes, I did. I watched Flight of the Navigators. So. I heard it's, it's... <gasps> Flight of the Navigators from the eighties. 
That has Sarah Jessica Parker in it. It does. Yeah. It does, and she has like that was fat one of my favorite stuff. movies as a kid. Yeah, mine too. Uh, I love that movie as a kid, and we've been bu- we've been bugging Georgia for like a almost a year <laughs> to watch it, and she finally well, well, Kevin, finally watched it. Kevin put up the ante. He said he's going to donate a hundred dollars to charity if I if I watch it before the end of the year, and then I was like, <laughs> nice. But I first waited for him. You'll hear it on the podcast. I first say, "Do you really mean that you're going to donate?" And I'd already watched it by the time I asked him that question. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all strategy. Uh, it's all strategy. Um, and I did a review on Jessica Jones. <gasps> yes. Jessica. Oh my god. Oh my god. We've got to talk about Jessica Jones. Oh my god. I so I kind of had to like. Jessica. I'm having to. Do, I can't binge it. I'm having to do it in like single episode, like every two days. It's too intense. But that's Jessica. the best way to do it, right? Oh, I, oh. I love it. I just. Oh, it's so I, good can't handle it all at once it's oh, because it's your name is hell. jessica it's part of it That's why. it really I get that. is honestly I get that. but it's like it's such a good exploration of just like gaslighting and abusive behavior and i'm yeah. so glad that it's on tv yeah am i the only one that as i watch it i'm like this is what would happen if a gamer got this power yep yep because it is 100 percent. i i, mean, I, I oh, I'll, I'll stop <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish they showed a little bit more of what trauma she would have went through and a little bit more of the effects of her drinking um, because I think that they went a little bit light on those things and I, I think that it it doesn't truly show how what post-traumatic stress and dealing with anxiety really feels like yet and but it was it was really good besides that and it, at least it touched on it at all that there's a, an effect to dealing with trauma but anyways um, I was just gonna say I feel like yeah it doesn't quite get all the way into what PTSD is like, but like it's doing better than anything else yes. on TV. Yes. I, I guess I would say this. Um, you know, people are always telling you know, me as a feminist how anti-sex we are. You know, there's a lot of effing in Jessica Jones. Like there's a lot of it and it's empowering. And I think like it, it's just like the volleyball subject we were talking about today, how you know, the sex in Jessica Jones is awesome because she has agency, it's a loving act, and it's consensual, and it's about everyone's feelings involved with it, right? Yeah, it's fun, it's like, joyous. Yeah, and it's like, show it like that, and I'm 100% down with it. Like, the the story of her with Luke Cage together, that yeah. was great. It was a great scene. It was a but great, great is, powerful scene. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy that they are showing um, somebody who has been through sexual trauma who is still able to have sex and enjoy it. And, you know, because there's kind of this narrative, I feel like, with the way that TV shows a lot of times deal with rape, where, like, you know, the rape victim can't almost for the narrative to, like, be okay with it has to be, like, asexual afterwards. And it's like, you know, or has to, like, be shown as traumatized even with, like, her boyfriend or her husband or whatever. And, I mean, like, yeah, absolutely that can happen and it's important to acknowledge that. But I just love that with Jessica Jones you have a heroine who has been through something and who is still able to enjoy sex when it is consensual and when it is fun and when it's between two people who care about and respect each other, that that's a possible outcome. Yeah. Have you seen it, Steve? It doesn't no. sound like you have. Oh, I judge you. I judge <laughs> yeah. you so far. But didn't you judge Steve before? Yeah, it, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. kind of falls into that realm of shows that don't that I, I don't I can't get into. 
You know what I mean? Oh, really? Why? Okay, uh, just the usual dark, you know, where it's like a lot of dark things happening to people over and over again. Just kind of, you know. Yeah, it's Jeez. not always an easy show to watch. That's why it's good. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. But it's it's going to give you secondary That's the same trauma. reason I don't watch The, I don't watch the yeah. Walking Dead. I just can't kind of get into that. Oh, all right. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway... I don't know how you playtested Rev sixty so much. Now I get it. Like I can't do the I can't do the Walking Dead. Um, I honestly like I couldn't do Breaking Bad. Um, As much as I recognized how brilliant the writing was, I was just like, this is just too nihilistic for me, and I can't. Yeah, and that, and even Game of Thrones is just like I can't. So (gasps) you know this. This I do. I do. But every time I'm going to be like, (gasps) I know Game of Thrones. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Yeah, Bree. Okay, Bree, wait, wait. Yeah, but Bree no. doesn't like sword and sorcery kind type of stuff. I don't. Do you like? It's not really about sword and sorcery. It's really about the characters. Are it's art. not about sword and sorcery. And yes, the first episode, I was like, ah, oh, it has all these old tropes. But move past that, and then you end up with some really cool characters. <sighs> I I have HBO Go. Yeah. I've been. Oh, I, like I keep paying four. for it, and I'm like, four. I'm gonna watch Game of Thrones. Well, you got this fancy new Apple it. TV. You could use that for it, I guess. Let's watch for the new Apple TV. Oh, oh, oh. we'll save that for next <laughs> it's week. It's gonna be another yeah, pod. Yeah. We're gonna be here for another two hours. Yeah, we yeah. we should wrap up. All right, all right. <laughs> so right. so so uh, where can where can people find out more about uh, about you and and the stuff that you're doing? Um. Well, I have a Tumblr at Jessica L price.tumblr.com which is kind of my main public social media presence these days um, and I am also on Twitter as uh, Delafina777 um, so if you want to chat with me or read more about what I'm doing both of those are good places to go um, and you know if you want to check out my work uh, Paizo, the Pathfinder role playing game um, every product that comes out of there I had my hand in somehow So, and, and this is the part of the show where we tell you that you're going to have to make a Transformers noise in about uh, about sixty seconds. seconds. Yeah. Oh no, I've never seen the Transformers. No, no, no. The the Gem One cartoon from the eighties. Yeah, I haven't. Oh this god. Okay, you'll can, you'll pick it up. I, I believe <laughs> in you. Bad. Okay, I believe. I in wasn't you. really allowed to watch TV as a kid. So. I couldn't either. I couldn't watch He Man because it had sorcery, and that was forbidden in the Old Testament. Oh no. Yeah. Could you when, watch oh, Shira? I couldn't watch that either. Okay. I watched it bad. when I became an adult. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You, you just make up for lost time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, you fake it. Well, fake it. Well, anyway, you're allowed. You're allowed to listen to this, so you can go okay. and rate and review the show on iTunes, and you can uh, find the show notes for this show and every show at relay.fm/isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can send us feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. We are, as always, part of the amazing Relay FM network, where you can find Bree's technology show Rocket, where they had a fantastic episode about uh, the Samantha. I don't know how you pronounce. Uh, Bilefeld, yeah. Samantha Lie, the Samantha Bilefeld <laughs> situation that you could, you should absolutely go listen to, and you can also get the app to find out when we're streaming and listen to us live, and you can follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, the show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good, and Bree, where can people find you? I'll tell you where to find me. You go. <laughs> 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 You go, you go, and you get the Twitter machine on your phone, and you install it, and you pick it up, and you go to at SpaceCatGal, and you just punch that button that says follow over and over and over again until you're following me. Don't make it happen. Don't punch it too hard. No, yeah, don't punch break. It. Don't break the screen. Punch, punch it. Break Hammer. Your 
Like Tamara <laughs> works best for following Brianna Wu. Yes. Because then you can't change your mind later. <laughs> it's, a, it's a non-negotiable, irreversible That's decision. Right. That's it's right. contract. Yeah. Frank worked on it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Georgia, where can people find you? You're uh, dealing with sleep problems or anxiety. Um, You can check us out at anxiety-videos.com, and you can see me on Twitter. I tweet every once in a while. It's Georgia underscore Dow. So uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you to Braintree for sponsoring the episode. And isometric workers, transform and roll out. (laughs) 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 (laughs)